welcome to the HJ Talks About Abuse podcast, the podcast where we talk about sexual abuse cases in the hope that it will assist listeners in openly discussing topics which have been ignored for too long. This podcast is brought to you by the abuse team at Hugh James. We are lawyers, so we tend to speak about the legal aspects of abuse cases, but we aren't too shy to speak up about the broader issues faced by survivors of sexual abuse too. We hope that you find it interesting, but more than that, if you are a survivor of sexual abuse, we hope that you find our discussion empowering. Hello, podcast listeners. My name is Alan Collins. I'm the partner and head of the abuse team at New James, and I'm joined by my colleague, Belina Grosvenor. Hi, Belina. Hi, everyone, and hi, Alan. So we're going to be talking in this podcast about a very topical news item, which is the fact that Prince Andrew is being sued, apparently, in New York in respect of a sexual abuse allegation. So we need to emphasise that, you know, we're commenting on a, a news report and, and we assume that what's being reported in the media is accurate about court proceedings in the US. And, of course, we need to emphasise that we are dealing with allegations and we are just commenting on the allegations and the news item that Prince Andrew is being sued. So we need to make that clear so that there's no misunderstandings. So it's being reported that Prince Andrew is being sued, as I understand it, in New York by an alleged victim who is alleging that she was, as I understand it, sexually abused by the prince in London and New York. Is that right? Yes, that's exactly right, Helen. It's a case where she states that Prince Andrews had sex with her while she was a minor, so she was 17 at the time, with the knowledge that she had been trafficked by Jeffrey Epstein. And I think, as you said, it's not just New York, it's also London that these incidents are said to have occurred. So what's interesting, well, what I think is interesting, is the fact that the case is being brought to the news reports in New York and not London, because you would have thought that the natural place to bring the case would not be New York, but London in the High Court. So where we dealt with these sorts of cases, you try and sue where the case is going to be the most effectively dealt with, and you usually look to see where the defendant is residing, because, you know, the law says that basically you're meant to sue where the defendant is, and, you know, we've represented victims living in all sorts of different corners of the world, but we've been able to sue in the English jurisdiction because that's where the defendant is. So you'd have thought in this particular case, leaving to one side the fact that there's abuse allegations centred on London, you would want to sue here. I think yeah. part of it is obviously a lot of the background and other things that are happening, and it must be tactical in, in some way with Maxwell being charged in the US. Perhaps, you know, they're looking to attack reputation, not just deal with the actual civil claim at the same time, if that makes sense. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from. I think there's a lot more to this than perhaps we understand or I understand, but I just think it's unusual. If this, this lady wanted to, would she be able to bring a claim both in New York and in the UK at the same time? No, there's, you know, rules on that. You can't, you can't, can't do that. So she, she, she was suing in New York and then tried to sue in England. 
one of the cases I suspect would end up being stayed. In other words, put in abeyance. Effectively, you can't do that. So general principle is, is you sue where the defendant is. And if it's allegations concerning matters that occurred in another jurisdiction, then generally speaking, the law of that jurisdiction is applied. If, for example, New York law is applicable, then the English court would have to apply the New York mm-hmm. law. And you've then got this interesting dynamic, of course, if there's allegations concerning abuse in England, then English law would apply. Well, it could well be because we have, you know, limitation periods in England, three-year limitation period for action for personal injury. Maybe that's an issue for them. Mm -hmm. I would have thought so. I think, you know, this is obviously something that's going to be quite public and develop quite soon. It's been stated on the 11th of August that at the moment, Prince Andrews hasn't responded to the civil claim. And that's obviously very serious. Well, yeah, indeed. I don't know what the rules are in New York, but certainly here, you know, a defendant is required to acknowledge the claim and indicate whether they're going to defend or not, because if they don't, they run the risk of judgment being entered against them by the court and, you know, they're on the slippery slope of um, an order being made against them. Yeah, it would be very um, odd, you know, considering Prince Andrew, what lawyers he could get and, and what advice he could get if he did ignore the claim and risk any default judgment. Yeah, well, I suspect they've got very similar principles in the US, in, in New York. I'm not an expert on what happens in New York or the US, but one would assume so. Um, but, I, you know, I wonder whether limitation of actions, limitation laws are an issue in all of this because, you know, as regards a, an English claim, victims or alleged victims of sexual abuse struggle very often to overcome the limitation periods in order to bring a successful case. I'm just- um, in very quickly that this individual she she alleges the incidents were when she was 17 and she was born in 1983 so give my math so the incidents were around 2000 so that's 21 years ago mm. so i think you're right i think that must be must be a factor again i don't know how it works in new york but let us say that new york court had to apply english law then I suspect it would have to apply the English Limitation Act of 1980. So, you know, there's some problematical legal issues in all of that somewhere, I I suspect. And I said it's interesting as to why they're suing there and not here. I don't see. Definitely. It'll be one to one to watch. Hopefully we'll get some, you know, yeah. actual information about it. It'll be very interesting. So, yes. So, It'll be interesting to see how it all pans out because it does, regardless of the, the story behind it, raise lots of really interesting, thorny legal nuggets, which are going to have to be digested by a court at some stage. Okay, I think that's enough on that for one day. So thank you very much, listeners. Thank you for Lena, and we look forward to you joining us in our next podcast. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of HJ Talks About Abuse. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favourite podcast player. If you'd like to speak to us about something you've heard today, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at aboutabuse at hjtalks.co.uk.